What's going on, everyone, and welcome into this edition of B-Shape Daily Live. As tonight, well, we're talking about a Cardinals loss and one that you could kind of forecast from the moment the Dodgers picked up their first and only run tonight, right? It felt like one of those nights was incoming for the Cardinals offense with the way Clayton Kershaw was throwing the ball for Los Angeles, and the Dodgers got that run in the bottom of the second, and they never looked back, and the Cardinals were looking up the entire time, and they weren't able to get anything done offensively against Kershaw, who looked fantastic tonight. I'm not going to argue with that. He's a future Hall of Famer. Sometimes it's a tip-your-cap night. But the problem right now for the Cardinals is they couldn't afford a tip-your-cap night no matter who was on the other side. Yeah, seven innings, two hits, and nine strikeouts, no walks for Clayton Kershaw, who looks like his vintage self, by the way. Uh, He's never really pitched poorly in any of his seasons uh, of his career, at least recently. And it's one of those things that it's always been health for Clayton Kershaw. If he's healthy, man, he's going to mow you down. He looks healthy in 2023, and tonight he mowed down the Cardinals for seven shutout innings. Evan Phillips, Bruce Dargratterall came in and finished it off for the Dodgers. The Cardinals' bats were nowhere to be found. And if you've been watching these streams recently, and by the way, get your comments in now. I'm going right to the comments section after I sort of vent a little and get it off my chest. If you've been watching these streams recently, We have talked about, or at least I have espoused the opinion that come mid-May, mid-June, as this Cardinals season evolves, we're not going to be talking about the starting rotation as the primary failure of this team, as the thing holding back this Cardinals team, in quite the same way that I think at least people expect that we would be. Because that has dominated the conversation over the first few weeks of the season. But are you paying attention? Are you noticing the tide begin to shift? The rotation has a few guys in it that are pretty sturdy, pretty solid, right? They're going to have their bad games. But Jack Flaherty, for the most part, we've seen good outings from him. Miles Michaelis just had a really good start this week, and I think you're going to see more of that from him moving forward. He's got a track record. We've seen it before, right? Adam Wainwright's coming back, and I know there is skepticism about him, and he's responded to some of your skepticism on Twitter. Not to say that anybody in this stream would have given Adam Wainwright flack on Twitter, But we'll have to wait and see what he does, right? We can't just write him off or we can't assume he's going to be ace-like when he returns. I think, you know, we we need to let it play out. But that's still a spot in the rotation that's at least getting some reinforcements coming soon. Jordan Montgomery is the other one. And guys, I think, like, if you were to get to an October, if you were to get to a playoff series with this Cardinals team, and I know that right now that might be a lot to imagine, sitting at 10 and 18, Uh, I don't know what the Reds have done recently. I don't make a habit of checking in on what the Reds are doing because they're terrible and they're supposed to be. But my point is, I don't know if the Cardinals are in fifth or not in the NL Central. It doesn't really matter. Uh, They're they're in the doldrums of it right now, and they're going to have to find a way out. But if they were to do so, Jordan Montgomery is a guy that I think Cardinals fans should be comfortable with in a game one or a game two of a playoff series. You, You go Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery in either order, I think you are going to have a chance with where I expect those guys to be by the end of the season. Now, that's not a given, right? They're 10 and 18. There is a long way to go before this team sniffs October baseball. And the thing that could hold them back, as I've been saying in recent weeks, it's not going to be the starting pitching. It's going to maybe be that offense and the inconsistency, their inability to, game after game, churn out those four, five, and six-run appearances that are necessary to be able to back up your pitching staff when they give you an outing like they did tonight. And I get it. Sometimes you have a pitcher's duel, and that's okay. You lose a pitcher's duel every now and again. But with where the Cardinals are at right now, this was a damaging time to lose a pitcher's duel. I got to be real with you. 
And it doesn't matter who's on the other side. You could have probably projected that it was going to go that way because Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw. We know what he's capable of. You might say, well, the Cardinals have good history against him. I mean, that's true. In the playoffs, they have gotten to him a couple of different times. But that's been, what, 10 years ago was one of those appearances, if I'm not mistaken, on the year. Uh, it's been a while, right, since since some of those matchups that have taken place. So I'm looking at this game tonight going, yeah, in, in about the third inning, after he got through the lineup one time, I thought, Cardinals might be in trouble. They might not get a hit. I legitimately thought you might see a perfect game tonight. Now, the Cardinals do muster three hits, one of them coming from Dylan Carlson, and believe me, we're going to talk about him. I might I might try to get to y'all's comments before I just dive in on Dylan because I know it's going to come up. But Dylan Carlson, every day, non-negotiable in center field. That would be my standpoint. I've been saying that for y'all that have been watching the stream, but we've been saying this for the last few weeks, um, even before they, they sent Jordan Walker to AAA. I said, all right, if you're worried about defense, and you should be because the starting pitching staff needs the support of its, of its quality defense behind them, go ahead and keep Jordan Walker in right field because offensively I think he's what, what the Cardinals are going to need ultimately. He's homered in, in Memphis, uh, Juan Yepes, homering in Memphis. All, all that's great stuff. I'm sure your comments will be full of topics like that. But I said, listen, if you're going to detract from your defense by having Jordan Walker in right, which admittedly he's not a great fielder yet in the outfield, put Dylan Carlson in center field, do it every day, and, and let him maybe build some of the confidence that you have given other guys every opportunity to build. Right, Tyler O'Neill has had his chances, man. He has had every opportunity to build confidence. They have catered to him. They have given him the opportunity. And I'm not saying the raw skills aren't tantalizing. But at this point, I don't care what your stat cast says about, well, over the course of time, Tyler O'Neill's hard hit X bacon. I do not care. Dylan Carlson, center field every day. Lars Newtbar is probably going to play a lot. And I, and I think that's right. I think it, even though, you know, the whole team right now is kind of going through it. I think ultimately I've got a little bit longer of, uh, of a leash of opportunity personally for Newt Bar to remain in the lineup for the most part, especially against right-handed pitching. Now he was down batting ninth tonight against the lefty, which, which I think makes sense, right? Left on left. Otherwise, he's probably your your leadoff guy or somebody in a priority spot in the lineup. I would play him. I'd continue to play him. But then the, that kind of brings up the question, well, what happens to Tyler O'Neill? What happens to Alec Burleson? How do you sort out the, these opportunities for playing time? Well, the fact that Jordan Walker's not here right now makes it a little bit easier, and I don't really care how you answer the question. Dylan Carlson, center field, everyday non-negotiable. I'll probably get some comments about that, but off the top, I had to say it because what he did in center field tonight was special. He had two special catches, one of them in the right center field gap uh, to, to end the threat there for the Dodgers, giving the Cardinals at least an opportunity in the ninth inning to try and mount a rally. Contreras got the base hit. They weren't able to do anything with it. And the other hit was by Goldschmidt, who uh, gave his level best as well. I, I thought, man, in that moment, if Goldie doesn't homer here, you're probably not going to make anything magical happen in this game if you're the Cardinals. And that's a lot to ask of anybody on a baseball team. But that's where the Cardinals' offense was right now. I thought he needs a homer. A hit's great. But the guy behind him is not really feeling it right now. Uh, I mean, Arenado is struggling. I know he is catching a lot of flack for that. Uh, I believe, believe me, he's giving himself all of the flack that you guys out there are, are throwing in his direction. He feels it. Uh, he wants nothing more than to succeed, but we can be honest about it. Right now, he does not look right at the plate. And in a, in a, a moment, I thought maybe he was going to be coming out of it. Uh, with with He had a nice pulled foul ball the other day, right? Then he had a base hit the next day that was 
more vintage Arenado, what you're used to seeing from him, but it's just not, it's few and far between right now for Arenado. So he's going through it. And it, it's possible to go through it, right, over the course of a season and still come out on the other side. But when everybody in the lineup seems to be going through it at the same time, save for a couple of guys here and there, like I feel like the, the at-bats by Paul DeYoung, you know, over the, fa- the past few days have been great. Um, he goes over three with two Ks tonight. O'Neill over three, three Ks. Kisner, it did not look fair to have Andrew Kisner face Clayton Kershaw, although he does draw a walk in this game. And Newtbar goes over. Like, they were just, he was carving them up, man. Nine strikeouts in in the hole for uh, Clayton Kershaw. We got a few more people in the stream. Subscribe to the channel and like the stream for me. I want to see if we can break the record for likes, uh, which is not all that difficult to do. We've only been doing these for a few weeks. But help me out, guys. Give me a quick like here uh, as we go along and discuss the Cardinals loss. So, yeah, the, the offense, man, it, it's a bummer when everybody's going through it at the same time. And it's frustrating to run into a, a night like tonight where you have Clayton Kershaw on the other side and he looks like he's in his vintage dominant form. I like, yes, there are times where you got to tip your cap. No Cardinals fan right now wants to hear tip your cap. I don't know if Ollie said the phrase. Uh, I think of the Simpsons meme where they say, say the line, say the line, and everybody cheers. I don't know if he says tip his cap. I, I, I'm not watching the post game. I'm here with you guys. Uh, but this was just not the kind of night where it feels good to hear that because of the way things have been trending for the Cardinals recently. Um, and Jordan Montgomery did not deserve this, man. I He was great, and, and I think he's going to continue to be really good for the Cardinals. He lowered the ERA to 3.34 tonight, six and two-thirds innings, one run, seven strikeouts. Uh, I think Jordan Montgomery, when he goes in free agency somewhere else this offseason, people are going to be like, man, I wish they could have. I wish they could have done something. And you can think back to before the season. He kind of was asked about it late in spring where he said, well, there was the opportunity maybe to do something. I'd have been open to it. It never really materialized with the Cardinals. And so we're just going to, you know, we're going to go into the season and I'll worry about all of that after the year. There might come a point where you go, man, Montgomery would have made a really good long-term Cardinal. And at this point, he's, I think he's going to have the kind of season that's going to make that difficult. Like the Cardinals obviously are going to have to spend some money at some point to get this pitching situation fixed if their prospects don't all rise to the top at the same time and be fantastic. Although Matthew Libertor tonight, six scoreless innings. Yeah, we'll be talking about him, I feel like, too. So let me go ahead and just dive into the comments now because you guys have been uh, patient hearing me out with uh, my little rant at the beginning of this show. But let me know, what did I not cover? What do I still need to get to? And what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? And take a quick sip of water because that's important. And then we'll get right into your comments. And I'll try to make it quick with the uh, the water. Man, I already feel like I sound better. Okay. Max is here. Uh, Gabe is in pain. Telling you everything good would uh, definitely be a shorter list than telling you everything that's bad. Yeah, the good, Dylan Carlson's defense. What else is new there? Jordan Montgomery's pitching. And Jordan Hicks is pitching, by the way. He is back. Back, back, back. Certified back. This was as leveragey as leverage gets. I know they were trailing in the game, but this was one that really would have felt nice for the Cardinals to come back and win. So you throw the guy that you think in that spot can get you out of it, man. And Ollie Marmel, he goes to Jordan Hicks. He had a really nice night. Cabby comes in for the final out. Um, yeah, Hicks looks really good, looks back. And again, it was it was like a light switch flipped on for him after being dormant for a while. After he had that first opportunity in quote-unquote low leverage, whatever it was 10 days ago, however long ago it was at this point, we talked to him after the game and he said, yeah, there were some things that maybe I just kind of it got away from me in terms of my preparation. And once he kind of flipped that back on, he's he's looked a completely different pitcher to where at times Wilson Contreras hasn't even been able to handle the movement on his pitches. He said he was surprised by the movement on his pitches. I've never seen that version of Jordan Hicks, he said. 
Jordan Hicks, for whatever reason, was not locked in, and now he is back locked in, and I think you're going to see him remain that way. Uh, and it's fun to watch, man, when he's going like that. So those are the good, the bad. Yeah, it's every everything else. Allison, appreciate you being here. Oh, they scrolled me to the bottom. Why'd you do it, YouTube? All right, we're good here. Uh, Caleb says, Nato is my favorite player, but he's really starting to piss me off with his at-bats. I mean, listen, it pisses him off, too. You see him out there. Like, he's not pleased about the results he's getting. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 kind of like an out-of-body experience to be watching Nolan Arenado. You know what that's supposed to look like. And just too often right now, it doesn't look even remotely close to what you expect. And, like, a lot of pop-ups, a lot of weak contact, a lot of mishits, and you just go, man. A lot, a lot of times just the, the aggression in the zone versus kind of expanding the zone in ways that you just don't typically see. I mean, Arenado is at his best when he waits on his pitch, gets his pitch, and then pulls it for power with authority. And all the stuff about his swing change, like, I don't, I think that's going to be overblown at this point because, yeah, he was working on things, tweaking things you always do as a big league player, I think. But that's going to be like the thing swirling in everybody's mind. They'll say, well, just go, go back to your old swing. Third in the MVP for a reason. Go back. Well, I, I mean, it's not that simple. I think it's always a, an ever-evolving thing. And right now, he's going through some struggles. And he, he, believe me, I think he'd take any version of his swing that would get him production right now. And uh, it's just not happening for him. So, yeah, it's pissing you off. It's pissing him off, too. I'll tell you that much. Why is the player development so terrible? I don't know. I mean, it's it's looking bad right now. Things are rough. But I don't know if it's even player development, right? Like, they traded for Arenado. They traded for Goldschmidt. They made those guys centerpieces. They signed Contreras. They, they can go up and down the lineup. There are guys that came up through this organization, and you could say that is play, player development or it isn't. And those guys you can evaluate. But, like, is Tommy Edmond the reason the Cardinals are failing right now? Is Paul DeYoung? Is Brendan Donovan? Is... It's a collective thing, guys. Like, I, I don't really know that it's like, yeah, the player development, that's the we're, – we're going to be grasping at these straws because it's so incomprehensible because when you look on paper and you kind of have an idea in your mind of what these guys are and what they should be, it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like 10 and 18. It doesn't look like the struggles that the Cardinals are going through. And so it is difficult to explain, and we're all trying like hell to explain it because we feel like it eventually this has to be over. Nobody's going to want to hear me say that I still think it's going to be over, right? Like, I – I don't know if this team makes the playoffs because they're building themselves one hell of a hole. I don't think this team has a losing record. I would be, I would still be very surprised if they finish the season with a losing record. Now, the concern that Cardinals fans rightfully have is that it's going to be too late. By the time they turn it around, it's going to be too late if it's not a, a 17 games in September kind of thing. Like, they need a 17-game win streak in May or June at this point because that's, that's kind of where they're putting themselves behind this eight ball as teams like the Pirates just continue to absolutely dominate. I like the Pirates are going to do this with a bunch of random dudes. Like they've got some talented players. I don't mean to diminish that, but like they're they don't even have O'Neill Cruz right now, right? Like they're twenty wins already. The Card the Cardinals are half that. It's inexplicable. Something's got to give. I think something will give. This coming into this road trip, we knew this was going to be a struggle. I said if you can get to five and five, throw a parade, right? Like just tread water and get back to St. Louis, and the schedule is going to ease up a little bit for you. That, I mean, they, they're not going to do that, obviously, at this point. They lost the first two series. They lost this series. Then they're trying to avoid the sweep tomorrow. Uh, if they get the win, it's 3-7. and seven. If they don't, it's 2-8. and eight. That's an unmitigated disaster. What do you do? What's the move you make? They've got to do something. They, I mean, it'd be great. What are, they, I mean, what are they supposed to do? I think they have to tell 26 players to play better. Or maybe not even 26. Like, you don't have to tell 
uh, Jordan Hicks right now. You don't have to tell Montgomery. I'm good with Goldschmidt. But everybody, I mean, there's a lot of other guys that you got to all be rowing in the same direction. And right now, it's not happening for this Cardinals team. I don't know that it's just, I mean, everybody. I, I know what the comments are going to say before I read them. Fire Ollie. When do you think Ollie is, is on the hot seat? Honestly, I don't know. You can't fire Ollie, though. I mean, you can. But what does that say about the group that's chosen these managers the last three times? I mean, they they very high-profilely fired Mike Schilt. That wasn't a parting of ways. They fired that guy. And he had some success in St. Louis. That was the organization, the front office, with the blessing of ownership, putting its foot down and saying, no, this is the way we need to go. This is the way into the future for the St. Louis Cardinals. You cannot fire Ollie Marmel in April. Well, I guess it's going to be May in a couple of days. You can't do it in May of 2023 without, I mean, there is no explanation that makes that right. Other than maybe fans are, you know, they're calling for a head because they need a head and that's the only thing that's going to satisfy them. But pop culture, world history, you've seen mob mentality and how it doesn't necessarily, right? Like, Something has to give. I totally agree with that. I don't know if if this is the fix, unless it's as simple for people as, well, the Phillies did it, and that worked out for them. I do think it's a case of this clubhouse is too talented to be losing the way that it's losing. Who's responsible for it? I don't know. I don't think it's Ali Marmel that is responsible for it, but I do think the onus is ever growing on him to change what he's doing. You can't just say, and there have been times this year where he's he's been asked, like, Why'd you do this? Was this a reason? He said, that's just, you know, that's the way I do it. I didn't cater myself to the reaction. I don't, I have to stay focused. And I think in a lot of ways, that is a very good life plan to have for a baseball manager because you can't let the outside noise impact you. But the outside noise is one thing. What about the noise and the things that are going on within that clubhouse? That's where Ollie is going to have to be able to make a drastic change of some sort in the, in the emotion and the mentality and the mojo of this team. It has to come from somewhere. The manager is that line of defense that can be the guy to do it, to to shift it, to find a new way to do things. He does need the help of the players, though, and he didn't build the roster. And, like, I don't want to put a bunch of heat on John Mozeliak and company for the way they built this roster because if you had to say anything, what would be the failing of the offseason for Mo? A week ago it would have been they needed more starting pitching. They knew they needed more starting pitching. They didn't do anything about it. Totally hear you there. I'm looking at Jordan Montgomery. I'm looking at the majority of Jack Flaherty starts. I know that last last night he gave up more than six hits in a start for the first time in like 60 years or whatever it was. But like Jack Flaherty, is that really, you think he should be taken out of the rotation? No. Okay. Look at Miles Michaelis. Like they signed him. They signed him early, but they were also trying to be a little bit proactive and say, if we let all these guys go to free agency, we're not going to have a rotation in 2024. I mean, that's you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be digging deep to try and find a starting five. So they wanted to be proactive. Every fan wanted them to be as well. Michael has seemed like the most obvious solution. It wasn't like that was some sort of radical decision to give him an extension. Kind of felt like one that was coming for some time. And so they do it. He starts off terribly to the season, but he looks like he's kind of rounding into form. That's three of your starters. Wainwright is the other one. You might be mad that they paid him eighteen million or whatever. I think that's misguided. It's short sighted. They did the same thing to Yachty last year. Did they get the value for the Yachty contract last year and wins above replacement? Hell no. He barely played. At times, it seemed like he didn't, you know, he maybe didn't think that he should have come back. It was just one of those, it was weird, right? The whole thing was weird. We can talk about that. But with Adam Wainwright, like, you're going to give him that opportunity to go out his way. 
And the Cardinals owed that to Yadier Molina as well. Even if it didn't on the field go the way you thought it should, it doesn't matter. The war doesn't matter. The batting average doesn't matter from last year. I think it would have been an utter mistake not to extend that latitude to Yadier Molina. And I also think you're not going to quibble over money at that point with somebody like that. And the same is said for Adam Wainwright. So don't, I don't want to hear about the money with Wainwright. I think it's, I think it's an overblown topic. I understand where it's coming from, but at the same time, like they have the money to spend elsewhere and to improve this team if they want to do it. I don't think that that Adam Wainwright decision happens in conjunction with, well, now we can't get it. Now we can't sign a reliever. Now, well, now we can't get a shortstop. Like, I don't think that was the case at all. I think it's completely reasonable the way they went about the Wainwright thing. And so the one spot in the rotation that you're looking at is some money that they spent the previous offseason on Steven Matz. And yeah, guys, right now he doesn't look great, but if you were to have a bounce-back start, suddenly the rotation's got five guys that you might go, okay, this is looking different than I expected that it would. So, like, signing a pitcher in the offseason, maybe the Matz spot is the one that we're still looking at. Wainwright pending, we'll see how he does. But again, I'm not one to doubt Adam Wainwright. Not doing that again. Not, not making that mistake a second time. Because I, like everybody else in 2018 or whenever it was, thought he was done, and he wasn't. So I'm going to let him decide when that when that time comes. Now, offensively, you could have made the case for a big bat because what offense couldn't use another big bat, right? But don't tell me that on paper it doesn't look formidable. Arenado, Goldschmidt, finishing in the top three of MVP last year. Let's just talk about on paper for a second. Don't think about what we've been watching the past few weeks because it has sucked. Now, Goldie's pretty much been fine. Arnado's number's not great. Contreras, they spent $80 million to bring him in. They needed a boost at catcher. I, I knew there was a risk his offense wouldn't hold up over the course of the contract. You didn't hope that year one would be the, the moment that it starts to sink. Uh, maybe some questions about the defense, but a veteran presence at the catcher position I think is important for this franchise. Okay, Nolan Gorman, right? was kind of written off a little bit late last year. Look at what he's done this year. You wouldn't change that for anything. Outfield, it's an interesting conversation, but everybody knew Jordan Walker was on the way, so that's going to be one spot. I'm playing Dylan Carlson. If they weren't trading him last July, they damn well better play him and find out, right? Because if you're thinking trade value, he doesn't really have a lot of it. Neither do the rest of the outfielders the way they're performing right now. Tyler O'Neill's a tricky one. They said this guy finished top 10 in the MVP vote two years ago. We just need to... And I think that was like a core tenant of this team coming into the year. It was like, we're going to let Tyler O'Neill try to recapture what he was. Let him get healthy. Let him be healthy. Let him go. Let him play. See how it looks. It's not been successful for a month. Tyler O'Neill has not had a good month. And I'm not just talking about, was he dogging it? Was he being lazy? I'm not talking about that. Like the numbers, the at-bats, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like it ought to. But he's not the only one. That's the problem. So if you combine your thoughts about on paper what this group is going to look like, and guys like Donovan and Edmund, man, it's they're, they're going to churn up wins above replacement. They're going to be five-win players because they're good defenders, and they're going to come through, clutch hitters. They run the base as well. All of these things that matter. On paper, there weren't a lot of areas to other than just like you need more good hitters because it's just the way baseball go. There wasn't an obvious position like you have to upgrade that spot. And honestly, the guys in free agency, like the types of players that the Cardinals would have signed, it wasn't going to be Carlos Correa. I said it should be. I said spend the money. Get the best bat on the market. Always that should be the case for a team that is challenging for a World Series because they're making profits hand over fist. I don't agree with analysis that says otherwise. So I I say spend the money. But once you don't do that, once you don't sign a trade turner and you're not going to make an earth-shattering move to become one of the, the luxury tax teams, 
this offense was supposed to still be pretty good. I still think it has a chance to be, but right now it's going through it. That is what's so frustrating right now is you go, all right, well, I guess maybe you have a point about the pitching. I still think so-and-so stinks, and whoever you might think stinks, you're probably right or you're not. It doesn't matter. I'm just looking at this team and going, what changes did you want to make and are you going to pin on the front office? Because we're going to say, well, Ollie didn't build the roster, and he didn't, but I also think the roster is pretty good but they're losing at a rate higher than every team that's not named the Athletics, the Royals, the uh, the White Sox, who are an unmitigated disaster. You want to talk about a very similar situation in Chicago. The White Sox have themselves a roster, and they have themselves a bad roster. Lance Lynn had a no-hitter going into the seventh tonight, and they lost like 12-3. to On paper, their roster shouldn't be that bad. They're like the Cardinals of the American League right now. I can't explain it for either team, and I certainly can't explain it for the Cardinals I know everybody is searching. This is why we're kind of getting into the weeds on this. Uh, I know I ranted again. I'm back into your comments now. Um, the team is dead. Wave the white flag. Trevor, I mean, we'll see, man. They're 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 not looking good. I mean, the numbers do not lie. <laughs> and if you were to say, well, they have to win X amount of a – they have to have X winning percentage to be able to win 90 games, that's going to sound like a big ask for a team that can't score a run, right? Like, it's going to sound – terrible no matter how you slice it I assume things soften up and open up at a certain point I said give it till mid-may you can't lose every game though which is why it's really good that they keep winning these series finales that helps so much because instead of uh you know eight and 20 they're 10 and 18 that's nice everyone's gonna count too when they get into the point where they're like starting to bring it back because they could win for a week straight and not be a 500 team that is mind-boggling right now Brendan loving the Cardinals' downfall for the YouTube numbers. I'm honestly not, but I will say this. When they won the other day, what was this, uh, the last game of the Giants series? When they won, that was granted. It was an afternoon game. I did a, a, a live right during dinner time, so maybe that was it. People, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday, where else are you going to be? In bed. So maybe that's part of it, that more people are hanging out right now. But it does seem like after the losses, people are just like, I have to get my pitchfork. I have to get my uh, my torch I got to light it and I got to bring it to Brendan's YouTube, which I don't mind. I would like to see him win more games because think long-term in October, we won't be having any live streams because the Cardinals won't be involved, but imagine the Cardinals being involved and we're doing live streams pregame live, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. People would be into it. Uh, why not pinch it Gorman Burleson for Carlson in the ninth? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's fine. I actually don't mind it because I think Dylan Carlson needs to be, extended more latitude, more confidence forming opportunities. Imagine if he would have come through in that spot, what that does for maybe his next month. And he's a guy that has raw tools that they need to tap into and they haven't given him the opportunity. They haven't given him the latitude of a Tyler O'Neill so far this year. So I get it. I don't mind it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about that move against your, you know, bruised our Gratterall. It's a different story. He obviously you have Carlson in the lineup against the lefty makes sense. You get into the ninth, it's a different situation. I don't know. I wasn't in Los Angeles to ask Ollie about it. Maybe it was addressed. I don't know for sure. But that's like, I mean, we're really worrying about some minute details of like, if they had only pinch hit in the ninth inning of the game, they didn't score a run for nine innings, then it would have been different. Nah, I just can't focus too much energy emotionally on that. And like I said, I want the Cardinals to give Dylan more chances, even when it feels like they shouldn't. I want them to lean into that and say, this is a kid we're going to believe in. And we're going to say, we're going to build around him to gain some confidence because what he did in the field, it didn't 
bring momentum at the plate tonight for anybody, but he has the ability to be a game-changing player in that way. And so does a Tyler O'Neill, and he can do it in the field and offensively and on the bases, but either his head's not in it or he's not physically right or it's just one of those things that he's going through. But I've seen him go through it for a month, and I'm ready to see more of Dylan Carlson. And if that means at Tyler's expense in the day-to-day, then it does. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still play Lars Newpar pretty often. And again, the beauty of this right now is that even whether he should be or not, Walker is in Memphis. And so you can keep playing O'Neal. Like defensively, the Cardinals would have a very good athletic lineup with O'Neal in left, Newt Bar in right. I mean, Newt Bar's been tongue out, making great catches. I know we didn't have a stream last night, but he made an excellent catch on the Hayward thing, but it was catcher's interference, so it didn't count. Like they, they have a very athletic outfield when they run out those two flanking Dylan Carlson, and, and he's in center. Offensively, it needs to match that. I don't want to completely say that Burleson should be dead and buried because I think he's got a great hit tool uh, that could be tapped into. Um, but, uh, you know, right now I think athleticism, give your give your team the best opportunity to not screw something up, which is not to say that Burleson can't make an impact defensively. He's made some nice throws. He's made some nice catches. I just think if Tyler O'Neill's in left, that might be a little bit of a, a boost in terms of the, the potential to have a game-turning play go in your favor. At the same time, I you know Tyler O'Neill offensively, I think I would take Burleson right now, especially against right-handed pitching, because that's what Burleson's going to thrive against, and that might be the platoon right now. You play Dylan every day, you play Lars every day, and you platoon you platoon the other two, and then kind of see when it comes to the DH spot because you've got Tommy, you've got uh, DeYoung right now playing well. It's all the middle infielders, right? Gorman and Brendan Donovan. That whole situation, you can look at it as its own kind of four guys for three spots on a given day. I'm talking shortstop, second base, and DH are the three spots, and the four middle infielders are are fighting for that. At the same time, the outfielders are doing their thing, and sometimes there can be some crossover where an infielder plays outfield or uh, an outfielder could DH in theory. But generally, that's what you're talking about. That's kind of the way I break it down right now. Um, I I don't really know infield-wise who I – like. I think Nolan Gorman, you should ride him, especially against right-handed pitching. Um, He didn't get the start tonight against the lefty. Tonight's not a night that I would have wanted him facing a lefty. I think there are lefties to throw him against to to maybe see if he can do it. Uh, Like Mad Bum would have been a nice option there that day. He ended up hitting a grand slam later on in that game. But there are opportunities to do it. I just think it's a day-to-day question that's difficult. And maybe that's part of the problem for the Cardinals and Ollie Marmel. Like, it should be more obvious than it is who they should play. And right now, it's not. And they have presented that as a positive throughout the season in, in spring training. Well, we have all this depth, and I believe them. But right now, if none of them are performing, it's kind of like a, a confidence sucker to say, well, I don't even know which guys to put in there. And then you're second-guessing, and you're changing it constantly, and, and maybe it, it goes the other direction, unfortunately. Um, coming from Felix, he says, I'm so glad I didn't let myself get hopeful. What we're seeing is uh, who this team really is as a core identity this year. Cardinals fans need to buckle up. It's going to be a long season. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, Felix, man. It's been a long start to the season. I know that. It's felt like two months, right? It's not even been one. Well, it's been one now. End of March. Now it's the end of April. Mike, will any Cardinals fans be at the game to watch Otani pitch on Tuesday? This team is not worth watching. Is Otani pitching Tuesday? Tell me when he's pitching. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I, I have no idea when it is. And if they've announced it, I'm not talking about somebody reported. No, I want to know what the Angels said. Because that would be helpful for me personally. Because, well, I'm not even going to say it right now. But I'll explain once I know the answer. 
Uh, Iowa represented. I mean, if we couldn't win, at least you got 30 fantasy points from Kershaw. Yeah, if you had Kershaw in your fantasy lineup, you had a good night, at least from that perspective. Anthony says, 10 games behind LMAO. Once they get to 20, I don't want to hear it's early. Yeah, bro. If they get to 20, if they get to 20 back of the Pirates, I won't be saying it's early. I'll be saying it's late for like our existence in this universe. It's the end times if the Cardinals fall 20 behind the Pirates at any point this season in the division standings. It won't be early. It'll be the end of the world. Not just the not just the Cardinals pennant chances. I'm talking like the universe as we know it. Life on earth. It would be drastic, okay? That's what I'm saying. CJ, it's been a tough start. He's heartbroken. And feel sorry for Monty. Yeah, dude, Montgomery did not he he deserved better tonight. And you saw him yelling into his glove at the end of the fourth inning uh after I think he had given up a base runner, hit her a walk and maybe thought he should have been a little more efficient. Uh, to grind through that because he knew he'd have to go stride for stride with Kershaw late into this game. So he, he, he and he's done this before, but tonight was another example of, of I kind of noticed that where he's yelling into his glove coming off the mound to finish the inning. And I think he was just yelling because he realized he was going to be the hard luck loser. He's like, they already scored a run. My offense is going to get zero. I think he already knew. And so that's why he was yelling. I kid. Uh, but no, I think the emotion actually from Monty is good. I think that's something that the fee- that the team should feed off of, but obviously offensively they struggled to do that uh, in this case. Max says it's awesome watching the numbers grow on the channel. Couldn't agree more, my friend, which is why, real quick, 42 likes is pretty good. We've got 58 streamers right now, though, so give me a like if you haven't liked it and subscribe to the channel and then send me a message on Twitter. I'm at bshafer12. Say, hey, I subscribe to YouTube for the first time tonight. And then uh, let me know, like, you'll have my attention. Any feedback that you have for me would be great. But that's what I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, tap into that right now and uh, see what people want from me. Like, Patreon, I'm doing Patreon podcasts as well. Uh, the, if you're new to here, don't worry about paying me just yet. But if you do like bonus content, I've got a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bshafer12. Doing bonus podcasts over there. Uh, just trying to, to get all the kinds of content out there that I can about this team. And hopefully they're not 20 behind the pirates by June and you guys will still keep interested all year. We'll see. Uh, the hitters did badly five hits the whole game. Yeah. BC. That's a, a pretty obvious comment. I, th- I think that's, you, you got to do more. I get it's Clayton Kershaw, man. I do, but it's uh, that's rough. You can't have five hits and expect to win a game. You can't have no runs and expect to win a game. My favorite line can't win if you don't score. Well, they didn't score. Uh, Dodgers have a lower batting average than the, the Oakland A's. Is that true? I would not have known that, but all right. I've never been the type of person that hated on Mo, said James. But after he told fans to be patient, it really grinded my gears. When was their last postseason series win? 2014? I think fans have been patient. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's fair. James, that is a fair take. And that was an interview, I think, that Mo did with uh, Jim the Cat Hayes. Love Jim. Shout out to the cat. On a pregame show. And if you're Mo. Sometimes the way you say something can be maybe more important than the words you're saying. And he was trying to deliver a message of, hey, stay the course. I get there's frustration. But I can see how a fan would hear that and go, dude, patient. I mean, it's been a decade since y'all won a playoff series. Like, what what's going on there? And I think that's fair sentiment. I really do. Um, the Cardinals internally, like every, every winter uh, warm-up, it seems like in January, we talked to, you know, Bill DeWitt, the owner of the team, uh, has a media availability where he talks about fielding questions, talking about the the expectations, and every time it comes up, I think Benjamin Hockman of, of the Post-Dispatch asked these questions this past go-around. 
where he said, like, listen, you know, playoff drought. You've been to the playoffs, not winning in the playoffs. How do you guys view the urgency behind that to, to change it internally? And, like, it's not to say there's not urgency and that they don't want to win, but I don't think it bothers the organization to the extent that it bothers the fans that they haven't won a playoff series since 2014. I think they view it more like, eh, playoffs are kind of random. Let's just get to the playoffs. Let's win the division if we can. And, like, they prioritize division championships. I don't think it's just a wild card sort of mentality. But now the problem with that is the division championship isn't even enough because what that earns you is certainly this year as the Cardinals are 10 and 18. I don't see them passing the East or the West winner or both to have a better record than either of those division winners at this point. So what does that mean? You're looking at the wild card series anyway. Sure, you get it at home. It's nice for them. They get more, you know, ticket sales and beer sales and all that kind of stuff. But what does it really mean if you're not advancing in the playoffs? It's harder to do when you don't win as one of the top two division winners. So, like, that would be another thing you can prioritize. I think the Cardinals want to win. They do. But fans... It, it it chaps your ass more than it does theirs in the way that I've heard it explained that they haven't won in the playoffs since 2014 because they want to get to the playoffs and they would like to win the division and be set up to do something when they get there. But I don't hear the urgency from this organization about we have to build the team to win when we get to the playoffs because there are all sorts of things you can do. Well, have a better offense, have a, a better top-of-the-line rotation to be able to to win those series. Like, it's obvious that's what you want to aim for. I think everybody's aware of that, but I don't think that they build their roster with that in mind. They just want to have the best team they can. It's not specific to how do we win October-style baseball. It's just how do we win? Well, they're trying to win, but they're not even doing that in April right now, so forget about October. It's just the path eventually leads to that if if things go the way that you want them to. Why does Ollie hate Tommy Edmond, ninth hole, getting replaced by a pinch hitter? Honestly, it's not that he hates him. It's uh, it's matchups. And tonight, he was not the ninth hole. He was the leadoff man because he kills lefties. I thought, I, remember the other day I called the Alec Burleson home run. I was damn close to tweeting out, hey, guys, another home run call, Tommy Edmond, because against lefties, he's just been so good. But I didn't know that Clayton Kershaw was going to be, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw. I was going to say Cy Young, but I'm like, no, he's, he's you know, he's on that level. <laughs> he's Clayton Kershaw tonight. So I'm glad I didn't tweet that out. That would have been very wrong. But no, it's uh, it's matchup based. It, Ollie doesn't, uh, and this was from Simon the uh, or Moan, however you pronounce that name. This was uh, matchup based. He was the leadoff man tonight. He'll be the nine hole against a righty, and Lars Newpar will be back in the leadoff. Ollie doesn't hate Lars Newpar just because he batted ninth tonight. It's just that's the way they do their platoon matchups. Is is honestly all it boils down to. Childish Scambino, I love that name. The whack-a-mole continues for this team. I genuinely don't know how they will pull themselves out of this, and I'm starting to think they're never going to. That's from Childish Scambino. Yeah, in the whack-a-mole that we've talked about, Brandon Kiley of 101 coined it where he basically said there's all these different problems that pop up on a given night that once you solve the one from yesterday, now a new one crops up. Right now, though, it's not even that much of a whack-a-mole. Like, the starting pitching looks pretty good. Okay, I've got my, my mallet. I'm knocking that down. We're doing good on that. The bullpen's good. I got my mallet over here. I've got this big gaping hole in the middle of my whack-a-mole board that this gopher keeps popping up, and he's the offense. He's scoring runs. He's runners in scoring position. He's getting guys in scoring position. 
And then we're going, ah, I can't. I miss Oh, no, I can't hit it. Oh, no, what's going on? That's been the issue right now is the offense being able to consistently get it done. Although I, I, I understand that last night, not a great start by Jack Flaherty relative to where he'd been. Um, but I, I understand the point. Yeah, it's whack-a-mole. But right now, the biggest gopher in that whack-a-mole game, are they gophers? I guess they're moles. It's the name of the game. The biggest one, though, right now for me is the inconsistency of the offense. But it's true that if tomorrow they go out and score five runs, you go, well, you can win some games that way, but if they lose six to five, it'll be because the starter didn't do his job or the bullpen didn't do their job, and that would be unfortunate. Uh, 62 people still going strong here. Appreciate y'all for being here. Subscribe to my channel if you haven't done so. I would love it. It's right down there. Like, the button's got to be close by. I would really appreciate it. And give me a like on this stream as well, up to 45. We like that. We like seeing that. Okay, Trevor, hold on now. I want Nolan Arenado to publicly publicly explain himself. He's horrendous. What is he supposed to say? I, I really firmly disagree with that. Like, he's going to hold a press conference and say, I suck right now. Sorry, gang. I don't really think that's realistic, right? Like, he'll answer the questions that the media asks him, and when they're at home, more media will be covering him, and so more opportunities to have those questions asked. I'm sure he's been talking to people on the road, but you've got if you if you haven't seen him on the post game show, that's the only camera that's going to be out there. Everybody else is a writer, so there might be quotes if you read their stories, right? There's John Denton's been out there. I know Katie's out there on a lot of road trips. Derek's out there. The post is out there. Like you know, I'm not out there, but that's because I've got an eight month old baby. I'd love to do more road trips, but all in good time, right? But my point is, Arnado was talking to somebody. I would have to imagine but you just have to read their stories to see what he's saying. But no, he's not going to hold a presser to say I stink. Uh, what in the world is wrong with Arenado? Can't think of a time I've seen him only hit 239. That's from Mike. Uh, a lot's wrong with him right now. His timing's off. He's not hitting it with authority. He's not necessarily on his game when it comes to pitch recognition and discipline, uh, play discipline, strike zone awareness, like all everything. He's, he's off his game in many ways right now, and you're seeing that manifest. They've tried everything, right? They've given him days off. This time they moved him in the lineup. You can move him down in the lineup, but who on this team right now like actually would be justifiable to move up in the lineup? I don't think there's anybody except maybe, and tonight there was nobody, but maybe over the past week, Paul DeYoung, but that's the last thing you want to do, right? No, leave him. He's fine. Don't change anything when it comes to Paul DeYoung. Just leave him where he is. So I just don't think you can justify it. Now, he is an OPS of 603, and that is horrendous. I don't worry about the batting average. He can hit 239 all he wants because Nolan Arenado is typically going to have some power associated with that average. Um, but, no, he hasn't had that either. So, yeah, it's a problem. Seth wants to know, with slider-heavy Phillips, Evan Phillips in the eighth, why not pinch hit uh, DeLong, DeYoung, O'Neal with Burleson and Gorman? Uh, yeah, I've seen that question. Uh, you can you can make the argument that there was would have been opportunities to put lefties into the game late. It may have been some of them were scheduled for a full day off. I don't know that to be the case. Um, it may have been Ollie just wanted to see it through with those guys that were in the lineup and see if he could have a little confidence in them. I don't know for sure what the answer to that is. You're not wrong to say they could have tried some things late. I honestly would be surprised if it would have mattered, but I hear you. Like, they're was Ollie just kind of slipping and normally he would be on that and wasn't. I don't know if it's that simple. You'd have to, and this is what makes it a little uncomfortable. I can't speculate on that too, too much because 
He may have answered that question already, but I'm here talking to you guys, and I'm not in Los Angeles. So I try to be very upfront about like what I have the mechanics to be able to, to cover and not. And so it's very possible he's talked about that, and I just didn't get to see it. Uh, James wonders if Arenado is injured or he's mentally checked out. I don't think he's mentally checked out because if he were checked out, the anger wouldn't manifest in the way that it does, right, when he fails. Uh, injured, I I mean, I say I hope not, but I also kind of hope maybe, you know, if there's a minor thing going on that he can work his way through it, that could explain it because otherwise I don't love whatever the explanation is other than it's just like a really bad slump, which those can happen. Um, BC says that's how we feel about Mookie hitting 240. Yeah, I mean, Mookie bets like the Dodgers don't all have loaded batting averages. I can pull up their averages. Uh, and, and I and I – I may have said five hits at one point. The Cardinals had three hits. I said that correctly at the beginning, but somebody said five, and I took that and ran with it. Uh, so I apologize. Like, yeah, Betts is hitting 230. Chris Taylor's hitting 145. Vargas, 220. Uh, they've got Josh Altman that's doing his thing, Will Smith, and Freddie Freeman. Everybody else in the Dodgers lineup is struggling. That's why they're 15 and 13. But Cardinals fans would commit literal crimes right now to see their team 15 and 13. So it's all about... All about perspective, isn't it? Uh, Sus Sports says, I keep saying that if our offense was thrown the exact same pitches that our pitching staff throws the other teams, we still couldn't hit those pitches. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, but you're probably right because I'm going to give the Cardinals pitching some credit here. They're throwing the ball pretty well right now, by and large. It was a little bit of an adventure for Flaherty last night, but like a lot of the relievers that come in doing a nice job. We talked about Hicks. Uh, Montgomery was splendid tonight. He was really, really good. And it's a shame that he gets, gets a loss for it, man. Like I said, that's why he's yelling into his glove after the fourth inning. He knew it was coming. That's not why, by the way, I feel like every time I tell a joke, I have to be like, Hey, that was a joke. I'm not being that big of a dick. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Preston, this team will not finish above 510 games behind the pirates. Yeah, I think they will though. I'm going to tweet this tomorrow. Because that's a lot better right now. Actually, after I get off the stream, I'll do a poll. If Elon Musk will will allow me to, to still do a poll without uh, subscribing to his service. If you if you want to have Twitter blue, guys, that's fine. Uh, but d- definitely subscribe to my YouTube first. That's free, right? Like, if you're subscribing to something, might as well do the free one first. Uh, you'll get more value out of it, too. Um, but, but I'll tweet a poll out asking whether fans think right now the Cardinals will finish above 500. Because I know they're going to say no if I ask it about the playoffs. But I, maybe maybe I can get you. And then it'll be fun to retweet in September when I go, see, told you. Um, but I could also be wrong. That's the, the fun of sportsman and predictions is we get to know. Why argue about it? We get to find out. Like, let's talk about it if we differ. But we don't have to, we don't have to like, argue, breakneck. We, we're going to get to know. We're going to get to find out. But I am going to tweet that poll out. I like that. Uh, Sus Sports, you're not crazy for saying that, man. You're not crazy for it, it, but it's it's not like I don't view that as a dig on the pitching staff that you think it is. I think it's like a, just more of a dig on the offense to be like, they can't hit them. They probably couldn't hit these guys either because they can't hit quality pitching right now. And the Cardinals, pitching-wise, I thought they've been – I think they've been quality. All right, CJ, thank you. They are in last place. I didn't know. The Reds have won five straight. That can't be real. Hold on. That can't be real. I'm looking this up right now. Like the Cincinnati Reds, they were playing the Pirates. I thought the Pirates whipped up on them a little bit. Uh, I can't see it. It might be real. I thought the uh, the Google machine would help me out. Oh, that explain. 
that's not fair. They're playing the athletics, guys. That's not fair. Of course they have. Of course they've won five in a row. I know they played the Rangers before that. But, yeah, the, that, the athletics are going to win 30 games all year. Come on. That doesn't count. When do the Cardinals play the athletics? Damn it. <laughs> that's what they need. Yeah, the Reds have won five straight, Tony. I'm sorry. You were right, man. I was wrong. I just, I didn't know it. I didn't even realize it. It's still early, but the start just sucks. You're right, CJ. Uh, Max, how about DC, though? Hell of a night. Yeah, man, and that's my thing. Like, you can look at the underlying data. I kind of joked about ex-woe bacon or whatever. I kind of made fun of that, even though that's some legitimate insight that that analysis and analytics and uh, advanced metrics can bring. But a lot of, I think, the knock on Carlson the last year or so has been consistently he's not hitting the ball hard. And so more hard hits equal better offensive production over the long run. And I do agree with that. But I also think he's just, like, he's a good baseball player, man. And I think he's a guy whose confidence has been a little sapped. Remember, the last year he was hurt, had been dealing with that risk for a lot of the season. Um, I think it might be a case where he just needs a confidence boost. Give him the same latitude that you extended to some of those other outfielders in the early going and see if he repays those dividends. I think he will. I just think he get he needs the opportunity. I swear if he's not in the lineup tomorrow, I don't care. I don't care who's pitching. I don't care if it's the best power right-hander with a slider. I do not care. I think Dylan's got to be in there every day until he needs a rest. And then you sit him a day, and then he's back in there like an everyday player. That's what I would do. He was fantastic tonight, man. That catch he made in center field going back toward the wall is I tweeted it when I tweeted it out. I said it's one of the best catches you'll see all year, and maybe not just this year, but it might be one of the best catches I've ever seen. In honesty, that's like you see the the black and white footage of like the Mickey Mantle catch, right? Going over and it's over the shoulder. He's got to look up. This wasn't quite like that, but there have been catches where I think it was like the Kevin Mitchell catch where he caught it barehanded. Because you're looking over your shoulder, and then you go, oh, I have to adjust. And he has to adjust with the bare hand. Dylan has to adjust the glove out to his right and extend. It's a full extension while running the opposite way. I mean, that is a hell of a catch. That's a catch that Dylan Carlson makes. And you could say, well, so-and-so has better speed, so he would have gotten there sooner and wouldn't have had to. Don't care. That was an incredible athletic play. Uh, he, He got the job done, man. He knew what he needed to do to get it done, and he did it. And then the play in right center wasn't like it wasn't a, a five star all time catch, but it was a very good play and one that the Cardinals would have needed. Like if that ball gets down into the gap, two runs probably score, and it, who cares what happens in the ninth? Obviously, the Cardinals didn't score, but like you're keeping games close. The dude saved probably two, two and a half, three runs tonight with his defense. He can make that case. For a team that can't score, it's nice to be able to have guys that can do that. So I would play him. Uh, Anthony, no team is going to score five or six runs every game. No team is going to score five or six every game. But what I've talked about, Anthony, is turn your zeros into two. On the days where you'd otherwise score zero, have a moment or two that gets you to two runs or three runs. On the days where you score four, make it five or six, right? When you have an offense that's, yeah, it looks like a three or four run day, that day you need to score five. Especially a Cardinals team that has had some issues early with pitching. That's what it needs to be. You say no team is going to score five or six every game. I don't agree with that. I think there are going to be the lineups that can consistently at least not get shut out, at least not score one or two. And I wish I had a great way to like look up this data, but it feels like the Cardinals have had a lot of those types of games relative to uh, their 
their win totals, their ability to to score runs as a team. Like they finished in the top five in a lot of offensive categories last year, but at the same time, it seems like they had a lot of these kinds of days. Maybe that's just anecdotal, and it, the numbers don't back it up. And like Anthony's saying, hey, every team's going to have those games. But I also think the Cardinals have maybe more than their their fair share, and uh, and certainly more than their fair share of just like right now they need to score five or six, not every day, but like three would have gotten the, the job done today. Two would have gotten the job done today. They got to match it up with what their pitchers are giving them. That's my main point. Cinder uh, guard so slow you could crawl and still steal on him. If they're if that's who's going, uh, they I mean you just need to steal on every play, every time you get a guy on first. Unless it's Arenado, maybe Contreras, pick your spots. Everybody else, you got the green light, man. Yeah, that's they have to do something aggressive to make it happen. Tyler O'Neill loves swinging at the slider two feet outside the zone, then muscle walking back to the dugout. Come on. He can't help it that he's got muscles. Uh, but, yeah, it right now a lot of Cardinals are swinging at balls in the dirt, swinging at sliders off the plate. A lot of them are doing it. I saw it a ton tonight. But you know what? Clayton Kershaw has some good breaking stuff, so it's going to happen. It's just going to be what it is. Uh, Hamad would not play Tyler O'Neill. I'm not saying you bench him for eternity, but I would prioritize other players like Dylan Carlson over him. Trevor, you'd have Jordan Walker up here. Burleson should not be. Neither should O'Neal. Um, Burleson should be on the roster. I think Tyler, I think that, and Tyler O'Neill, if he's going to be, I mean, he's not going to go to Memphis. So I think he Tyler should be on the roster, right? Like he doesn't have to play every day. And I think he needs to be in there, you know, Turner Ward, hitting coaching staff, work with this entire team on plate discipline and, and the, the the sliders that they're swinging at. Like, you got to pitch recognition. Like, that's – it's not – I'm not calling it easy, especially not against a guy like Kershaw, but if you're going to get better at it, you got to you gotta prioritize it. Um, BC is, is must be a Dodgers fan, wants to trade uh, Goldsmith to the Dodgers. I don't think so. I don't think that's coming. Um, but with, with regard to Jordan Walker, he'll be back soon. They did want him to work on launch angle and pitch recognition, some of those other things. Why the 20-year-old isn't able to work on it at the big league level like all these other guys who are getting the chance to? I don't know, because they all have the same problems. But um, I think they just want to make sure his development goes right. And so without the guaranteed playing time, that's the way they wanted to, to do this. Give me one second. And I really feel like when Jordan Walker gets back, he's got to play every day. And you could make the case that right now he should be playing over certain guys, playing over O'Neal, unless Burleson turns it around, same thing. Um, but also, I I just, I feel like athletically, defensively, and now that you've already made this decision with Jordan, send him down, let him play outfield every day, make him, you know, he's going to get better, hopefully, by playing a lot of outfield. And then roll out this more athletic outfield to, to maybe help your pitching staff get back on track. I don't think that's the worst thing. I thought Jordan Walker should stay as well. I said he'd play every day for me, but now that he's not, they, you know, we're going to work within the plan that they're, they're putting forth, I guess. <clears throat> Preston says, Paul DeYoung has as many homers in a week as Arnaldo has all year. Yep. It's a huge problem. Arnaldo has no power at all right now. It's a problem. It is a massive, massive issue. Cardinals don't win if he doesn't get it together. He, it, fact, everybody else around him could do it. If he has a 600 OPS this year, the Cardinals are not making the playoffs. I promise you that. They're just not. He's gonna. He, your best players have to be your best players for you to be the team that you think you can be. Uh, Ian says they're hoping to. He he is hoping they're showcasing O'Neill for a trade. 
I don't think there's any such thing as that. I think that's a that's a that's, that's like a fan made argument, which I get it. But like the Cardinals are showcasing their team to try and win games right now. They're not prioritizing their lineups to say, "Hey man, hope this guy strikes iron and and gets gets hot because then we'll be able to trade him." No, you hope that's because then your team will be better. I I there are maybe rare occasions where that's not true, but I feel like and like Tyler O'Neill could be traded, but I think they're putting him in the lineup daily because they hope he's their best chance to win at that position. I, I honestly, and I get it, but I don't think I buy that. Um, revisiting the question, Brendan, is life worth living? I'll hang up and listen. John, probably. No, it is. It is. But but it may not be worth always watching every Cardinal game. Like, after the third inning tonight, if you said, I've seen this movie before and went to bed, couldn't blame you. Because after the third inning, I said, I'll give it one turn through the lineup before I predict a perfect game. But I think they're going to pretty much shut this offense down tonight. And sure enough, they did. Uh, Eternal Optimist here says, Alec, but 10 games back in the division is depressing. Hoping uh, I'm going to start thinking of it as there are only five back in the wild card. It's an effective way to think about it. Expanded playoffs, man. All you got to do is get into that little little three-game series. You're probably not going to get to play it at home, but that's okay. Uh, there's, there's There's some merit to that. Preston, I've defended O'Neill for the last couple of years. I've always said when he's on the field, he's healthy and will produce. I'm running out of patience. Yeah, man, I think it's fair to run out of patience with him. Um, and like, it feels like we're bagging. I hate to bag on on one player. Like, this is the reason for the Cardinals struggling because that's not true. It's a whole team. It's a team effort. It takes a team to win, team to lose, especially in baseball. We talked about earlier this week how Paul DeYoung try, or Paul Goldschmidt single handedly tried to take the Cardinals over the top by homering multiple times in a game, and like, it can't be done. You have to you have to have your teammates help to get it done. But when I look at Tyler O'Neill, the reason I talk about him a little bit more is because he, he's been given a lot of opportunity that out of spring, it's like, well, has he earned it over another player? Maybe, maybe not. But the bottom line is the team had to make a decision on, okay, we're going to prioritize a player. We're going to make a bet. We're going to bet on a guy, and we're going to see if he rewards us. And through a month, Tyler has not rewarded that. And so I would start betting on a different player in his spot, um, which is not to say, like, he should not be playing left field at all. I think the Cardinals could have their best athletic defensive outfield with him in left. But if Burleson's going to play against righties, so be it. I'm just I'm prioritizing Dylan over him because I think Dylan should play center field every day. Just give me a month and I want to see what it looks like. That's all I ask. And maybe it looks like a 500 OPS from Dylan. That would be terrible. But I think what he brings defensively, the Cardinals need to... They don't have a lot of sure things right now in their lineups of like, I know I can expect this from this guy in this way. You can expect that from Dylan and pretty much are going to get it. He's made one bad play, one boneheaded play all year that I've seen in center. And it was the other day when Contreras had the throw to center field and then Carlson ran right by the ball and it was bad timing and he sat the next day. I don't know if it was related, but I was like, man, that's, I wish that hadn't happened because that, Makes my argument for Dylan look a little lesser. But again, I think you can generally know what you're going to get from him, and that's greatness defensively in center field. Uh, NO5712 says, honestly, I'm not watching the team until we get a win streak going. Uh, That's fine. Just keep watching my streams. I'll keep telling you what they're doing. Uh, Greg says, when Walker proves he's ready to come back, it's Newt Bar Carlson and Walker, correct? For me, it would be. But Burleson's going to play against righties a decent amount. I like... I don't know how long you give that in terms of like, we believe he's this kind of hitter. Let's see it play out. But he's had some moments, right? He had the home run earlier this week where I said, "Eh, I'd have played somebody else today. And then he homered, which I said, Hey guys, after I commented that they should play someone else today, 
he's going to homer. And then he did. So don't completely write off Burleson offensively. I still think he can be a productive hitter. That's his best tool is the hit tool. And this is an offense right now that needs a boost. So I don't hate having him in the lineup relatively regularly. Um, but that sort of does leave Tyler O'Neill, and, and that's a question. I think they platoon. That would be the way I would do it. And then when Walker comes back, Greg, I mean, I've I've sort of described the Walker send down as he'll have a month, six weeks, two months, whatever they end up deciding to get a little better, to be ready to go. And then when that happens, he comes back when it's time. He's going to play every day. And by then, we look at the four outfielders that are in St. Louis and go, okay, based on the performance, we know who's playing now and who's not. There's no more five outfielders for three spots. There's three to maybe four outfielders for three spots. And the fifth guy, you're kind of a you're kind of a bench guy. And if you don't play a lot, that's you know, you don't play a lot. That's the way I would that is the way I would handle it. Another comment from Preston says Contreras has made me appreciate Molina more than I ever thought he would. Yeah. I don't know. I think Contreras' bat still should be better than anything you saw from Molina last year, but defensively, maybe there's a, a, a gap there. But again, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, well, Contreras, I mean, they had a great night tonight. He called a great. Oh, that's right. That was Kiz. Kiz has done a nice job lately. Got to tell you, I know offensively he's not had a great year, um, but defensively he's making things happen, man. I like that they're playing him. I don't mind it. Uh, quality start for Montgomery. Yes. And a quality loss. It's it's a bad luck loser, man. He did not deserve it. Did not deserve it. Uh, Mike is negotiating with BC regarding uh, the O'Neill DeYoung trade. We're going to give uh, some St. Louis-style pizza and toasted ravioli in the deal. That's awesome. Cardinals need to extend Montgomery. Yeah, they missed their chance. They'll have to sign him in free agency if they want him. He's not. He's said, basically, that he's not talking it during the season. Uh, should be runs tomorrow. The pitchers combined for a 12 ERA. That's from BC. Yeah, I mean, it, it may be. Maybe tomorrow the bats come alive, and uh, that ends up ends up being the case there. How did I so woefully lose my uh, my spot in these comments, man? It's like a whole new crop of comments. It's crazy. You guys are doing great on the comments. Um, I apologize that I haven't been able to that I haven't been able to uh, get to all of them. Andrew doesn't like hearing from the rights holders. The team needs to be exploded. Jose like is awful. The owners are awful. No more gaslighting us loyal fans. Boycott the team. I don't know, Andrew. That might be a little hot and heavy, my man. <clears throat> like, I don't think even whether it's right hold, rights holders or radio hosts or anybody, people like me, um, I, like, I think we're looking at this and we're as surprised as anybody because I didn't see the Cardinals struggling to a 10 and 18 start. And so our priors, you go, you go back to your priors and go, well, <clears throat> my priors suggest this team's better than this. And so that could be kind of a hard mindset to break. And I'm still really not convinced that they're this bad. So we'll see. I hear you, though. I, fans want blood, man. I get it. I understand it. Uh, and Jeff, uh, Jeff said there's too many sheep. That's fine. And I hear you. Hey, make sure you vote. No, they're going to finish under 500 in my poll. Uh, looking through here. Free bobblehead night. Hey, man, nothing wrong with a free bobblehead. Uh, Jeff is done with Tyler. Trade him for whatever he can. Yeah, they, I mean, they might make trades. That could be the one thing that when you get a little later in the summer and people are saying, hey, they need kind of like a culture shock, you could make a trade. 
it would be very hard to to pull off a trade in April, even May. You you very rarely see that. So I'm not entirely sure that uh, they would end up doing it. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. Team can't put anything together. What did you think of Walker? This is from James Walker saying they sent Walker. Uh, Marmol saying they sent Walker down to work on elevating the ball. Really slapped my head. Pools went up, went up to hit line drives, forcing launch angle to his swing. Uh, I fear will. Uh, I guess James was saying fear will kind of change his swing. I think it's fine. Like launch angle's good. I think Jordan Walker's a good enough hitter that he's going to be a contact guy. Yeah, you want to hit line drives. You don't want to hit ground balls, though. And that's what Jordan Walker was doing way too much of. So that is sort of, I get what you're saying. It sounds kind of counterintuitive. We go, they're going to ruin his swing. They're going to make him be a home run guy when he just needs to, to hit the contact. You need to hit the contact, but the key of it is, and they figured this out, and that's part of the analytics that are really sound, where you want to hit the ball in the air with authority. Because if you do those two things, good things over the course of time will happen. Cardinals White Sox will be a battle. Yeah, battle to the bottom right now. <clears throat> uh if Schilt were here, would he say they are close? I don't know. I don't know. Ollie is basically saying, unless he said something different tonight, he's basically said, like, we believe in the talent we have here. We're gonna continue, you know. He says stay the course. Mike Schilt would have said the same thing, I think. Yeah. James, they trade away their top-end players they were developing. What's left over is the scraps. I mean, they've lost some trades. Yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked about the fact that their trades have not necessarily been, uh, you know, all that profitable in terms of trading away prospects, thinking you need now help, and then the now help ends up being something that helps you short-term, maybe a little bit, but long-term, you're hurting because of it. That's possible. Yeah. And Sus Sports says, name the last superstar we developed in-house. That's true, too. That's, I mean, that's fair. So, yeah, from a player development, they're hoping Jordan Walker, man. That's why it's really important to get his development right. They cannot mess that one up. Cannot mess that one up. All right, I have really jumped around. I'm going to scroll right to the bottom now and see if there's any big-time comments. We've gone for an hour. It's close to midnight. I appreciate you guys so much for being here. Uh, make sure you subscribe before you you head out because we'll be doing more of these. But Max asks, do we know if Contreras got the night off for rest or what? Just wondering if he'll take an ego hit with kids getting starts over him. Um, no, I mean, the, the the starting catcher normally, like I know Yachty was crazy for a while, normally is not going to start 130, 120 even games. The backup's going to start 50, 60 times. Tonight was one of those nights. And they kept Contreras in the lineup. He was still in the lineup as the DH, right? So, no, that's fine. I don't think there's anything to look into there. Uh, Allison, I know this is random, but the best baseball movie of all time. Wanted a positive question to ask. Uh, Trevor said Moneyball. I do like Moneyball. A little more new school. Rookie of the Year is a good one from Rich. There's a lot of good ones. Um, You know, Field of Dreams is a classic. Um, A League of Their Own is great. I mean, I might even lean A League of Their Own. It's, 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 there's, that's great. Tom Hanks is great. There's a lot of good ones. It's hard to put me on the spot with like a great answer. I'll leave out some. I'll forget to say Major League. I'll forget to say, you know, there's a there's a lot of good ones. So I actually really like the rookie. Dennis Quaid growing up. I my grandma had the rookie uh on VHS. Always would wa- watch that. Rookie and rookie of the year. Love those two. Um I'm a, I'm a I'm a sap though. Like the rookie, man, that's a great it's a great story based on a true story. You might say, Oh, the quality of the movie is not up to the whatever. I'm a sucker for for stuff like that. So that's another favorite of mine. Um, 
let's see. Da, 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 da. Max says it's getting to where it feels like he comes up and just thinks, oh, man, here's the three pitch out. He's just whiffing so hard at bad pitches. I don't even know because I'm scrolling through his comments which player he was talking about, and I can say that he's probably right. <laughs> like, O'Neal, yeah. Arenado, okay, yeah. Like, that's kind of the way it's going a little bit. I'm glad that y'all are able to uh, interact with each other on these comments because when they come in so many, I'm not always able to see them all on my YouTube. Like, it scrolled me to the bottom. Now I lost my place. Uh, James with a very relevant question asking how my Diamond Dynasty team is going in the show. I got a confession. I haven't bought the game yet. I want to really bad because I love it. I got pretty good during the COVID year when they delayed baseball in 2020. I bought the show. I played online for the first time that summer, and I was like, I was, I was clowning fools. I felt like um, I got, and people who played against me will say, "No, you weren't. I beat you." I get it. I got good at pitching on the show, uh, but yes, I don't have the game right now. I'd have to buy the play. I first of all, no PS5 yet. I have a PS4 still. I could, I could use it on that. I would get the PlayStation Network, but that's like another fifty bucks. Like it's a hundred bucks all in, and I found out the year after COVID. When I bought the game and I was so excited about it, I hardly had time to play it because they were playing baseball and that's my busiest season, right? So uh, I would love to get it done. But now I feel like I'm so far behind, like Diamond Dynasty, everybody's probably got all diamonds and I've got, I don't have the game. So that's a little tough. Um, Cardinals got some young pitching prospects, Libertor, McGreevy, Graceffo. Yeah, they're going to need those guys, but none of them are going to hit. So that's that's still going to be a factor. Uh, John says that Edmonds has the best catch you've ever seen, but the D DC catch tonight was impressive. Yeah, the Edmonds catch going back, I think that was with the Angels was his best catch, uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Dylan's tonight was better than, was the best I've ever seen. One of, though, would I put it in the top 10 outfield catches I've ever seen? I think I probably would. Especially, like, unless I'm counting, like, well, I can go back to 1956 and I can count that. Like, watching a game, you go, wow, that just that makes your jaw drop. It really does. Now, Rhino, in honor of the organization burning to the ground, you're having a black cherry whiskey and Coke. Let's go for that number one draft pick. There you go. See, at a certain point, y'all can be like Blues fans and say, hey, can we win the lottery? I don't think they have a lottery. Baseball may have implemented a lottery. I can't remember. Regardless, it would be ugly if this was the first season in, like, a long time the Cardinals had, like, a top 10 draft pick. That is not the way this this season is supposed to go is not uh crimes for 15 and 13 yeah that's right that's right okay guys we've had a lot of fun it is almost midnight i'm gonna try to find one great question to end on here and it looks like well andrew says they're not trying to win they could have a better team they choose not to they get tired of the gaslighting like i don't know what i'm telling you otherwise and andrew send me a message privately because maybe i'm not understanding entirely I feel like it's definitely relevant to uh, to to get into that, but and then I'm seeing John's comment. They did go to the NLS uh, NLCS in 2019, so it's true. Yeah, Mia culpa. I feel bad now because half the people are here and half of them are gone. Uh, it's true. They have they haven't won many of them, but they did win playoff series in 2019. So that sounded dumb of me, but. You know, I read I read what you put. Somebody put that, and I ran with it, and I was wrong. I, I should have stopped to think about that for a minute, so I'm sorry about that. Um, thank you, John, for the accountability there. Um, Cardinals are sixth in the majors with runners in scoring position. It doesn't feel like it, right? So that's one of those things that is so tricky. You look at all the underlyings for this team. They're not – they shouldn't be 10 and 18 if you, if you stack it all up. 
there has been a lot of bad luck at play, but there's been also a lot of self-inflicted bad luck. Um, but if a lot of these things, the randomness sort of regresses to the mean, I think ultimately they are supposed to get better. Look at the way they're losing a lot of these games. It's been pretty close. How many times have they been blown out? It, I mean, it may be more than I realized, but a lot of these feel like, oh, man, just one play goes differently. And But nobody wants to hear that. I, I realize nobody wants to hear that. One sec. Okay, there was one question I did want to get to. Max said, scale of 1 to 10, how badly were the Cardinals affected by the shift ban? Feels like our pitching staff was geared toward ground ball outs, and the defense just doesn't look the same. Honestly, I think there's some merit to that. From a pitching perspective, which I think the pitching is ultimately going to be fine, but if you think about the way the Cardinals have gained an advantage over the league over the years, last few years, what have they been doing? Great infield defense. And so if you're taking that down a notch, not necessarily because the players are different, but because you're telling them they can't stand where they were most effective. And when you allow a shift, everybody in the league got to use it, but the Cardinals were, they had the best fielders. I mean, they had the best infield defense, you know, three of the last however many years, whatever it's been, ever since they kind of tightened it up and, and whatever, you know, they were struggling for a while and then they tightened it up. Mike Schilt kind of re-implemented that as a, as a, a factor and then they, won a bunch of gold gloves, and they continued that uh, with Ollie last year. Ever since then, that's been a big way the Cardinals have had an advantage over other teams. And so to not have it, I do think, is an impact. Offensively, you'd think they'd be able to take advantage of that. They're hitting so many ground balls. Um, but as we saw tonight, the shift is not entirely gone. Like Brennan Donovan's line drive up the middle that you thought, there it is, that's a run. Nope, it's caught. Same thing with the uh, the grounder up the middle by Carlson to end the game. Like, oh, is that going to sneak through? Nope, they're shifted. So it's not – I think we say, oh, it's the shift is banned. Like, sure, but I don't think it has as big of an impact as maybe we we think because they still are doing the, – the, the better teams are still figuring out ways to, to, to get as much of a benefit from shifting as they still can. I feel so dumb for saying they didn't win a playoff series since 2014. I should know. I was – I was there. I was in Washington, D.C. in 2019. So I was in Atlanta in 2019, too. All right. Anyway, I'm not going to get them all right, folks. I'm not going to get them all right. Uh, Wednesday, Otani at Bush. I hope you're right, Mike. The first thing I do is going to look that up because I won't be at Thursday's game. I will not be covering it. I won't be doing a live stream that night. I would really like to see Otani pitch, so I hope they throw on Wednesday. But, uh, but James, yeah, I, the, the Diamond Dynasty thing, I got to get, get on that, man. And yeah, the Negro League edition uh, I've heard is a really great feature on the the new the show game. So, all right, that's gonna do it for me, guys. Subscribe to the channel, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. Fifty two likes, so we've got more likes than people still in here, so we've accomplished that mission. Like it on your way out if you haven't. Uh, I'll throw this up on Spotify as well if you missed anything. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you sub on those areas you follow on Spotify. Technically. But uh, the YouTube subs, man, let's get this thing to 500. John, thank you so much. Appreciate you all for being here. Uh, we'll probably do another one tomorrow. Uh, I don't know exactly what time, but uh, we'll, we'll try to get one more of these in. Hopefully the Cardinals are able to avoid the sweep. We'll have to wait and see. Thank you guys, though, so much for joining, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.